Initially, getting the kite off the ground, some people want to run with it. Mm-hmm. Some people walk it up and let it, you know, let the wind hit it. It's just up to you, yeah. And how you, you know, so how you get it up there. But getting it up there is really the easy part. Mm. Keeping it up there is everything. So when you think about like where you want to go, even when I think about this, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm all right at this. You know, what I'm saying it's okay to pat myself on the back. It took patience. Come on, finesse. Come on, catching the right breeze. I got to. And yeah. it got and it got to be it got to be funky enough yeah. for me that it makes sense every day. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because this is one of the things where I can say how you you put out albums, I put out albums in different seasons, different moments of my life. But I put this thing out, bro, and been consistent enough to say I, this is one of my kids now. So mm-hmm. I actually have three kids. You dig what I'm saying? When you look at this, yeah, because this baby right here, she growing every day. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'd be so super proud of it or whatever when you look at it, man. So You should be. It's, it's fire. I appreciate it. You're raising it. a good kid. <laughs> hey, listen, man. And it's one of them things, bro, where I'm looking at it every day and I'm trying to gather it and I'm trying to put it into perspective, bro. And all I want to do is make sure that when it's all said and done and my legacy with it, they'll be able to look at it and say, hey, we got something. You know what I'm saying? Dad, Dad did something good. So... You know, they tell me life don't come with no manual, so we're going to take it a day at a time. Man, by the time you got here, man, light your cigar, do whatever you got to do, get comfortable. Well, 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 we back again. We now tune into the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. Got me a good cigar, got me a good person with me, so. Let's go on and get it out the way. If you know me in the cigar world, they call me uh, 33. IG, they call me Cool Breeze Isle. Alicia and Erickson's daddy or father, depending on what demographic, how you get down. Your auntie's favorite podcast host. She, you know, she told me don't worry about nothing. She said NBA finals will be a little bit better since the, you know, since, since the playoffs wasn't no good for you. And uh, she also told me keep doing my thing, keep waking up every morning. Uh, your uncle's favorite nephew. I talked to him last week and uh, he was proud of me. <laughs> he said he was proud. He said he listened. He said he was proud of me. So I'm good with that. Uh, second coming of Gerald Levert. And, uh, you know, it's in the teddy bear. You know, I got, I got handles, man. I got handles. And uh, Mr. Will spin your mama from a half to a whole on some two step type stuff. So uh, again, man, I tell y'all the time, anytime I get to break bread with my people, it's always a pleasure. I got somebody in here real special. Um, I'm going to tell you, uh, a lot of times people base it off what they heard. But from what I've seen, the, the track record, I've seen you be, uh, be pure here lately. I'll say that would be the word that I'm looking for. Like, from, from a man to another man, transparency is everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's always a pleasure when I see somebody doing that, and then I'm always honored when they want to sit down. Oh, yeah. A lot of times it's me reaching out and stuff like that. But when, you, when people want to sit down with you, mm-hmm. it means you're doing something good. So we'll definitely rap about that but i appreciate your patience and everything but we do it a little different here good days great nights we don't base it off of what we heard might have heard world tour might have heard he been across the you know some some oceans and some rivers and some lakes and then mm-hmm. you know saying so seen seen some fun on the east coast and you know a, a well-known wine drinker you know well. entrepreneur you know father you know so gave him some good game along the way mm-hmm. couple chickens and some other stuff you know you never know <laughs> uh but we do it off a road trip bro in the sense of a road trip if you was getting ready to leave right now we got some decent weather it's about to drop here in a little bit but where would you want to go if we can leave right now 
if I could bounce right now, I'll probably go. Uh, I'm not sure what the season is in Santorini, but Santorini's been on my list for for a good little minute. Okay. I go to Santorini. Okay, so look, we're gonna we're gonna go and take that on the Delta flight because they got that Delta one. You can stretch your legs out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you need that. You you need all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when we get there, and uh, you know the the, the the driver come, he got the sign. He got the sign. You know, mm -hmm. saying say, you know saying for the fellas, y'all come on, jump in, and he tell you to plug in. Now you get to plug in and uh, and grab a Bluetooth. You get five songs on the way to, you know, saying on the way to where we gonna post up at. So five songs to describe yourself right now to date as a person, as a man, some of your memories, whether childhood, whether middle, mm. and you can kind of go like that and just g give me a little bit of a breakdown on them if you could, please. We in the car on the way to San, we, we in Santorini. We, we there, we didn't so touch them. So we looking at the white and blue, Come on. everything. Come on. The coach just looking crazy. I'm probably going to play uh, Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. Cruising. Of course. I, I, I've heard this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, That's my fault. Hold on. I don't know what I did with that one. There we go. I think uh, Rick Ross actually has a song called Santorini Grease. Mm -hmm. So for the culture, I would just, I'd have to play that one. Got um, to, got to. <laughs> got to, have to. Um, it would be Roy Ayers, Sunshine, for sure. Hopefully the sun is shining in Santorini right mm -hmm. now. Um, fourth one. It'll be something by the internet. That's one of my favorite bands. Shout okay. out to the internet. And uh, the fourth one or the fifth one, I'll probably save until later that later that evening after I done finessed around Santorini. And, <laughs> you know, if I, if, I, if I brought a little chick with me, you uh -huh. know. We throw on that that new Irv the Phenom featuring Church Boy, come on, or Kevin Church Johnson, come making on. love. You know, see where the night takes us. Yeah, it's a solid five. That's a that's a that's a that's a solid five. That's a solid five. Do me a favor, brother. Introduce yourself, man. Peace, beautiful ladies, players, hustlers, dreamers, big lovers. I am the only Irv the Phenom, singer, songwriter, entrepreneur. Um, you know, black boy from Wyandotte who 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 got to see the world a little bit, and I want to see the world some more. Okay, I appreciate it so much, big dog, and um, got to see the world, right? Mm -hmm. A we, little bit. Talk talk to me about. We're gonna jump in. Uh, we, we'll come back to a, a you know some a little bit of the format, but I just want to know where are some of the places music has taken you. Uh, physically. Come on, that's where we're at. Yeah, music has taken me to Jamaica a couple times. Okay. Um, I've gone to Canada, uh, Belize. Mm. Uh, I want to say my first trip out of the country was Tijuana. <laughs> that was lit, but that was uh, music, and that was kind of like the gateway for me. Um, just seeing that it was really a platform to travel with. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't have as many stamps as I would like to get, and I can't remember all the little small countries, but just solely music, I would say those. Those are where I've gone just on music. And that was probably before the age of what? Um, I think I started getting my stamps when I turned 20. 
23 or 24. Okay. And the reason why I ask, man, uh, when you live in the inner city, when you, when you kind of channel yourself to only know your block, your neighborhood, I tell people all the time, you, that's all you know. So we get so caught up in, in, in U.S. Mm-hmm. And we run back and forth to back in the day, it was everything to go to Gateway Classic. You know what Bruh. I'm saying? It was. Yo, the <laughs> fact that you just brought up Gateway Classic, like yeah. that little stretch down I-70. Yeah. Dog, like, no. I was, as soon as I got my car or my license, what was I, 16, 15, yeah. 16? Straight to Gateway Classic. Got to. Dog, Gateway Classic used to crack. Yeah. Clubs would be open to like 5 a.m. Go over the east side, go <laughs> to the Vino, pink slip, everything else. You got to do your yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. But to know before 25, you were able to go and see the world, it had to put a different mind frame to you. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Uh, for me, I say it started like this. Like, Gateway Classic, like mm-hmm. you said. Because mm-hmm. um, before Instagram and all that, you really had to travel yeah. to get what kind of flavor they had in different cities. Come on now. Um, it wasn't like right now we all kind of uh, a melting pot. Facts. Everybody dressed the same. Everybody swag the same. Everybody slang is the same because we could just get on our phone and see what they're doing on the East Coast, West Coast, whatever. Yeah. But when I was 15, 16, had my car. Going to different cities meant, you know, you get a new flavor. You see how they dress. And I remember back then, St. Louis was crazy because they all had locks. This was before locks was even yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah. So and going Jabos. to seeing yeah, oh, Jabos <laughs> and Jordans. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they had yeah. a strap all tight around the ankle, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and long, tall tees. So, yeah, it was, it was dope because it started with that. And I'd be like, yo, you know, I have a trunk full of CDs. And I'd be out there selling CDs and getting in the mix. And I didn't even think of it in a, in a, in a world sense yet. Mm-hmm. But I just knew different cities where, you know, more people know me outside of my neighborhood. I thought that was tight. Yeah. And uh, as I got responses, because I used to have my phone number on the CDs. Okay. So people would call me from St. Louis. I'm like, oh, this shit crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be like, all right, where else can I go? So now I start driving to Dallas. I start driving to Ohio, all these different little Midwest places. Yeah. And I start getting calls from everywhere. So it was just that uh, early on, it was just the feeling of getting my music out there. Okay. And then as I was able to get on tour, it became in between Mike checking the show that night. Yeah. You got three, four hours to burn. Yeah. So you get off the bus, you walk around the city, and you might try something, you know, try a new restaurant in every city. And you're like, oh, okay, they cook like this out here. And, and that's when it really started. That's when the bug got me then. Come on. Where I'm like, oh, tour is cool. And I really want to just eat yeah. in all the cities. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the first thing, the first thing that I think about is I was still in high school, and I was being flown out to do a show in uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Derby, when Ludacris was like, Bobby. okay, okay. So I met Ludacris at the Kentucky Derby, and um, some kind of way on the way there, I wound up in New York going to Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, it was like underground. Okay. And they had food underground, and I tried sushi for the first time. Blew your mind. As a grown man now, I don't know if I probably would have ate at that same plate. Like, but I'm 16, so yeah. And I was like, oh, I always wanted to try sushi, and it was great. It was really good, and it was that moment right then. Like, you know, everybody kind of was like, "Ugh, sushi," but I tried, and it was good. Yeah. So it said. So to me, it was like, what else is good? Where else is it? And after that, it was just about traveling and trying everything everywhere I went. Okay. So fun fact, bro. Um, I used to want to be a roadie. 
You know Man, I mean? it's it's a whole thing. Listen, dog. big dog. Like it was so it was so bad. Um, my guy brothers, two of my guy brothers is um, is um, Ernest as in Bishop. Oh yeah, for sure. And then Howie, mm-hmm. and then Earl, right? So they used to come to my dad's house, man, and sit downstairs and sing for hours and hours, right? Man. And I remember my homeboy, uh, Dominique Collins, and uh, the homegirl, Chantel. I, I used to be in a shop class at William Allen White, and uh, Vibe had a magazine that had Destiny's Child on the front dressed like the Supremes. Right. You open it up, it was talent. And I'm like, they're so my hard, people. Dog. I'm like, they're my people, right? And I used to, I used to see, I used to see Burnham come, and I'm like, bro, I just want to go with y'all. I just want to be on the road. I just want to see what it looked like, how it feel. You got a chance to see um, an independent artist, but town business, mm-hmm. uh, calm before the storm, yeah, angelic. You know what I'm saying? You got to. Mm-hmm. What was it like being around Strange Music, Tech Nine, and the rest mm-hmm. of the you know rest of the group? Um, I want to say shout out to all my road warriors for sure. Because what you said about being a roadie, mm-hmm. um, it's such a culture. It's such a culture being on that road. Um, <clears throat> we had a phrase we say before every tour, you know, kind of, you know, just checking our P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. And we remind each other out of town, out of bounds. Come on. Because, hey, man, I just thought about something crazy. So, um, like, we actually had, you know, I could talk about it a little bit later on, but, like, mm-hmm. we actually lost somebody on the road. Respect. He was he was shot and killed, you know what I'm saying? So respect to him, rest in peace, um, MJ. But, you know, with that, it really is all you have are the people that you get on that bus with, yeah. and you go out there, especially with us all being from the same city. Yeah. So you you build a brotherhood um, that's not like anything else. You know what I mean? Right, I, right. I went to college for like a year and a half for audio engineering. Okay. And uh, right around that year and a half, I was already in the studio with Rob Rebeck. Shout out to Rob Rebeck. Okay. And I was in the studio watching him mix. I'm learning from the best. So, you know, I had that going, and then tour presented itself as an opportunity yeah so you know my college education took place on that road come on yeah so i was just out there um trying to get a 4.0 for real yeah Yeah. you know taking them like they all like 10 15 years older than me so i was the i was a kid you know what i'm saying Uh that was was a big bro out there so you kind of like the tupac when he went with with digital underground type in that face yeah i was a baby you know what i mean like i wasn't old to old enough to be in some of those venues but because i was part of the tour i was able Mm -hmm. to you know rock out so it was uh it was dope man it's it's an experience that uh i mean it molded me yeah It, it molded me it opened my eyes to so much culture to um that anything is possible right and you know remembering at one point i was uh i would write my autograph at school i'll write my autograph in all my, my yeah. books or whatever and people would laugh like man this nigga here you know what i'm saying i'm like nah this is, i gotta practice this i'm gonna be using it i'm gonna use it and then when i really started using it on cds and t-shirts yeah. and, and other parts of the body i'm just like yo this is crazy so it's just it was just a testament early on mm-hmm. about you can pray and work and manifest anything. Come on. And, you know, as I step further into, uh, you know, just my path, when I look back at that, it's important to me because it reminds me, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that was doable. So, you know what I mean? Like, that, that that's something that it seemed like such a big dream. Gotcha. 
And now the other goals that I have that are bigger outside of music, it's just like, I'm going to do those just like I did that. You know right. what I mean? So, but it was dope. Overall, you know, touring was strange. Um, I learned a lot. Because um, I initially came in, here's how I went. I met Tech at the studio. Okay. Um, shout out to Ephraim, Ephraim Taylor Jr. Okay. Um, he was the first person to ever really kind of like see me selling CDs, mm-hmm. hear my music, and be like, yo, you really can do something. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So first first young black dude I've seen with like like money, money. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he got it off tech got it. and like investing and all this type Early of stuff. On. When he's like 18, 19, you know what I mean? Okay. He's older than me by like, I think like five, five six years. So, um, you know, this he's kind of like, This is early 2000s? This is like... I graduated 06, so okay. this is probably... He started tapping in with me like 05-ish okay. or whatever. So, you know, he kind of... He showed me... Yeah. He showed me all this different stuff. And, um, yeah, it was it was crazy to... Uh, to get out there, I forgot what you. I forgot what the question was. No, just the, just the touring of him, and you said he showed you a lot of things. Yeah, he, he showed me the. Uh, he kind of showed me that it was doable. So, um, oh yeah, that's what I say. So he had me in Chapman recording. Yeah, Chapman recording. Chapman, that was everything back Man, then. That's rest the, in peace, yeah. Chuck Chapman. That was um, everything. If you're from Kansas City, you should know who Chuck Chapman is. Yeah, he introduced us to the standard of what a professional recording studio in yeah. Kansas City was. Yeah, I mean. You had the artists here, the biggest artists would record, but he also had national recording artists, the news stations, movies, like it was a big deal. So to be in that big dog studio, you know, at the time it's like 70 something an hour. Come on. And uh, Punch put me in there. So I'm in there, I brought the whole block with me. He was trying to really just invest in me as a as an R&B <laughs> artist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and you live and you learn, you know what I'm saying? I love all my guys, shout out to the set. Yeah. But. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I brought the whole set. I was like, nah, I want to do a group project. So it's 10 of us in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang. But, yeah, like Wu-Tang. Like, <laughs> if you're from, you from Wyandotte, you know about uh, Triple Threat Society, TTS Threat Set. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a bunch of us, man. We was just kids that loved hip-hop. And we was trying to rap at an elite level, singing, rapping, fashion. We was doing yeah. everything. And, um, you know, so we was in there working on this project. And in the studio next to us was Tech. Okay. So what was he working on? That gotta be like that gotta be like angelic or maybe even past that. It might have been no no no. It was right. It was uh the Misery Loves Company, the MLK, yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, it was one of his collab albums when he first started doing the collabos. So, you know, naturally, you know, Tech looking like who these kids are here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and we see him in the hallway. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been the one to shoot my shot. Like, I've always been the one to like, I'm a speak. I'm a rub elbows. Got to do yeah, it. Yeah, push my line. So. Um, you know, I go outside, I think Cut Calhoun, shout out to Cut. Shout out Cut. He was out there smoking a square. Yeah. I don't smoke, I'm a kid. I'm just I just go out there and start talking to him, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And uh eventually I get him to listen to some of the music. Mm-hmm. He said he hook up a feature for me. He did a feature on the love. So shout out to Cut. Cut, I love you. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Um he just did a feature on the love because he thought I was dope. And uh, you know, the relationship kind of built from there. Come on. So after being in the city, um, I mean, we was everywhere, bro. CDs, yeah. posters, we was in the mix. So uh, when Tech would do album signings or any event, we was there. Show up. Shout out to Homework Jones, Louis Five. <laughs> like, they was always with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
eventually it got to a point because <laughs> Travis would run folks away. Like, yeah, <laughs> they just didn't like people like, I guess, loitering, whatever. But we would pop up constantly. So by the time uh, I watched enough, I was like, yo, they really running the machine. Yeah. I need to learn how to make my own machine like Come this. Up. Yeah. So I came to Travis and I said, look, man, just uh, I'll intern. Cause you know I'll be everywhere already. You yeah. seen I'll be everywhere. Yeah. So I could have y'all posters, y'all demos. Cause they used to do these things, these samplers, where mm -hmm. it'd be like Call the whole them. label. Yeah. And, uh, it'd be like three songs by each artist, thirty seconds. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, yo, I could, I could do that. And that's how I hit the streets, learning about you know the infrastructure. Cause I was working for them. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just was good at what I did, and eventually uh, a slot opened up to sell CDs on tour. Come on. And they looking like, we seen this little dude go crazy selling CDs, so we know he's going to sell ours. So that's what I did. I got out there, and I was the number one CD hustler. Shout out to all the Strange Music fans. I promise you, I done sold, well, maybe not now, so I, like younger, but if you're from the OG, you know what I mean, the 08 to like 20, 2012 era, yeah, I sold you some CDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it went from that to uh, one night on tour. I think Tech heard some of my, some of my music, and uh, yeah, he was just like, "Nigga, what are you doing selling CDs?" Yeah, nigga, you supposed to be rapping with us, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I get hyped because that's that's what I was listening to so much and uh -huh. looking up to. So from there, it evolved into the collaborating, the writing on the songs, and all that stuff. Okay, so then when you kind of going into it, right, and you like, and you looking at like that, so it gotta be crazy to be with your like. The city idols, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At that time, and shout out to Chris Calico because yeah, yeah, Chris, um, you know, rapping elite, singing elite, and as as a as an artist that could sing and rap myself, this is before Drake was popping. I'm about to, I'm about to get into it. Yeah, before T Pain was popping. I'm about to get into it. And they talking to me like, how do we market you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna do both. And it's like, nah, you can't. Da, 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 da. But I at the time, Chris was out too. But, you know, this, again, before T-Pain popped. Before yeah, this is right before Chris went into the whole bag. So I was like, yeah, I always looked up to him because he was like, the closest thing we had was like CeeLo or Feral Monch. Now, yeah, that's now CeeLo with, with <sighs> you're my kind of people. Like a classic the record. Perfect Imperfections. And uh, what was the other album he had? I don't know. Anything CeeLo is, is, is yeah. genius. Genius uh, Listen, but I was going to get on that. So. I seen a, I seen the throwback picture uh, in the in the church getting it in with the, with the choir right. Oh man! Right. So <laughs> how did you how did you come into the fact of knowing that you had? Because you got to look at it too. You kind of in your in your Anderson Pop, you know what I'm saying? And, and Bruno kind of like in that flavor, mm -hmm. the way you kind of kick it because you got the, you know, you, you dropped a video not too long ago. You in the in the big boy Fleetwood and Woo! ride through the city. I love that light. No no knob on the steering wheel, but you whipping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, what what inspired you to be that to be the singer in the rapper and then when it came to fashion uh well you know with hip-hop well with with black art period fashion come on, come on across the board be it you know basquiat's hair be it marvin gaye's uh beanie the beanie like when y'all see me rock that orange beanie that's homage to sensei you know Come what i'm on. saying what you call him sensei uh, okay you know what i'm saying that's who that's who put the r&b thing like dog yeah, yeah marvin yeah so uh you know they go hand in hand the fashion and the uh 
and the music and all that and it just kind of it came about because of uh I think it was just always in me. Yeah. And uh <laughs> it was always in me, but it was kind of like it was like my secret because my dad, I love my daddy. Shout out to my daddy. Yeah. He um <clears throat> he was very militant. Okay. Very militant about how he raised me, and I thank him for that. Um, I told him I want to play basketball. I had to dribble the ball 100 times a day. Come on. Or I get a whooping. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I said I want to play baseball, swing the bat 100 times a day. You get a whooping. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was on it. So when I started doing music, I kind of just kept it low. Like, yeah. I'm going to just, it's going to be my little thing. But it was nurtured because in church, um, he would make me lead songs. Come on. Make me work in service. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, getting up, reading the communion. Mm-hmm. Working in the communion, the collection plates, all that. You get comfortable being in front of a crowd. Yeah. Um, We're molding you early. And then also the shop. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Irving's Tire, we like 20-some-odd years Come strong. Come on, man. Come on, man. How long? If I wasn't in school, I was down there up under a car working. Yeah. Um, so, you know, getting used to talking to people and selling. That's why I've always excelled in, like, you know, looking you in the eye, shaking your hand, hand-to-hand yeah. transaction because I learned that off of um, – you know, being at the shop, dealing with people. So I feel like I was kind of always being molded to be ready for uh, doing music. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So 24 hours in a day. What that look like for you? 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm actually, uh, it's changed so much. Come on. And the most interesting 24s have been taking place in the past uh, two months or so. All right. I'm listening. So I started the year off with a fast. How long? Uh, It was 30 days. And during this fast, it changed my 24. And, I mean, we can get into it a little later. But basically, I was, uh, I started waking up at like 3 o'clock. A.M. A.M. Get into it religiously at first i didn't know what it was at first i was having really bad insomnia spiritually going through things just just in a in a healing process uh just healing yeah so a lot of the stuff that i was dealing with in life i felt like was just keeping me up you know what i'm saying as i you know did the work started therapy just just picking up more healthy healthy things top of the year i was like all right i'm gonna do this fast i cut Sugar, dairy, alcohol, sex, mm-hmm. and uh, that sex is a big one. Come fellas, on, fellas, 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 fellas. <laughs> it's on. really a big one. Talk to him. Um, <clears throat> but in the midst of that, it is like I just start waking up at 3 a.m., dog. So, like, my day would start at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I would be up. And eventually it just came to me like God wants to talk to you. Okay. And that's what it was. So I just started talking to God. I started doing yoga, um, just prayer, meditation. I have my uh my my prayer journal, I write in that, and that started setting the tone for my day. Gotcha. And from there, you know, I might hit the gym. Uh I just recently had a real estate deal come through that I've been building out like a home and a production compound for music for, for content, all that. So yeah. I really just get to work on that. Okay. And uh, you know, I do that. Until it's time to wake my shorty up, I take her to school. Mm-hmm. Um, then I might hold on, don't breeze past that. What's that like? 
Oh, fatherhood is fire, bro. Uh, okay. Fatherhood is fire. It's uh I've always wanted to be a dad. Come on. I'm the oldest of five kids, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh it's just tight, dude. It's like it is more than I expected it to be, not in an overwhelming way. It's never yeah, it's never where I feel like I can't do it, or it's like it's too much, or I, like I love every minute of it. Bro, I just seen her with the Batman joint on the outfit. Yeah, and like. she got sauce, dog. My daughter got sauce. She be she be coming out with some fits. I'm like, okay, I ain't gonna mess with your clothes no more. You got it. You you let me know. And how old is she? She's four. Four. Yeah, she's four. With sauce. With sauce. That's, that's so, uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, the only the only thing that I would say that presented a challenge mm-hmm. has been, you know, who you build that family with. Come on. And yeah, that's, that's another important thing that in the midst of all of the stuff that I've, uh, you know, had to work on with myself, I find my purpose in it. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of stuff that I deal with where I bump my head, if I don't find mm-hmm. a way to put it in the music or yeah. speak to somebody younger who's going to come up into that same Fact. circumstance, Fact. then I kind of like wasted the stress. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's, I love fatherhood. So, um, you know, I take her to school. Mm-hmm. By the time she's at school, if I haven't already hit the gym, I hit the gym. Um, I still tap in at the shop. You know, um, I pop in and out of there, pay some bills. You blink, and you're picking her up again. You know what I mean? It's uh-huh. just like the day goes fast. So, um, but it's either that or recording writing shooting some content mm-hmm. um you know and if she's with her mom then i'm i'm out of town with it uh it just it don't stop really you know it do, i take that back because <coughs> i don't want to keep perpetuating this uh mm-hmm. non-stop work yourself to death mentality anymore yeah. because you know i believe in dream big hustle hard for sure but you got to take care of yourself yeah so Depending on what day it is and how I feel, you know, it might look like I take a nap. I just start taking naps. Not because I'm, like, getting old, but I genuinely just, Because like, I'm getting old, I'm taking naps. Bro. My body said, it's time to go to sleep. I got to lay that thing down. Restart. I've been in the hospital because of exhaustion before. Yeah. And you hear about, like, celebrities passed out and mm-hmm. you're like, ah, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? That's, that's fake. All you do is rap and sing. It's not real. Nah, exhaustion is a real thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um... You know, self-care, wherever I can get it in, be it a massage or a manicure, pedicure, uh, facial, uh, you know, just sitting in the tub sometimes. So where's that hour of silence? Where's, huh? where's that hour to yourself where you get to reset? Where, where do, you, do you have that hour? You got to make it. Yeah, you so, have to force it, dog. Like, you can, yeah. like I ain't going to say you can't schedule it, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. So I just learned to... I can cuss, right? You can do whatever you okay. need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just recently discovered the fuck it button. And this button is uh, it's so important. It's fuck it slash fuck um. You know what I mean? So sometimes, Come on. especially as a man, you have to be able to say fuck them. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I don't feel like it. I'm just not doing it. It's just not. I'm not doing that. I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, I told you I was the oldest of five. Mm-hmm. So, and then my youngest sister was special needs. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I was put in a situation where I was always required 
to be present and Come on. look out. And, I got you. You know what I'm saying? So you do that long enough and you start transferring that trait into every single person you deal with, every business endeavor, every energetic exchange, you're overextending yourself yeah. because you've taken on the role of won't nobody else do it, I'll do it and I'll do it right. Yeah. I'm the dependable one, right? So I had to learn about that fuck it button and sometimes like, you just I ain't doing that. I'm, I'm about to go sit in this tub. Mm -hmm. does, it, does it hurt? Um, does it hurt relationships? Does it hurt family? What's the outcome of it though? Because so, I know you need it. You need it for yourself, right? Um, you need it to be able to balance it out to to go into what, but, but what's the outcome of that? The name of the button is rough, but you don't have to give it to the world that way. No, no, no. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really about setting healthy boundaries. Um, so once you do the work and, and have those conversations, they might be uncomfortable conversations, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's conversations I've had to have with people where I'm explaining to them, because a lot of times you, you might be keeping the ship from sinking. Okay. And everybody's on the ship depending on you. But they like I don't know it doesn't register to them yeah that you're you're you need to chill and like regroup and keep your mind together gotcha. so you can keep the ship from sinking facts, <laughs> facts like some facts, people facts. yeah facts it's just it's just it's just how it works man and I don't think it's anything malicious it's just the way that you know when a dynamic has been in place for so long it's just what people have become accustomed to. And, uh, you know, you got to put yourself first, though. Like, when they say you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. Yeah, put your seatbelt on first. Yeah. When you get on the airplane, they say put your mask on first before yeah. trying to assist anybody else. And that's really, you know, what, I, uh, what I've been big on, you know, the past, past six months to a year. Yeah. And it's incredible. Okay. It's been great. It's been great. When your daughter looks at you, do you think you're giving her a service or a disservice? Not just in music, not just in, you know, with the tire shop and business and entrepreneurship, but in love and relationships. What she sees her dad go through, what she's seen her dad go through, her and her mom and you and, you know, maybe it didn't work out. When, when, when your daughter looks at you, what's your hopes that she sees? You know, that's something that um, I would say I beat myself up for okay. a lot more than I do now because, you know, you get to a point of understanding that everything is as it should be. You know, the only the only negative to come out of it would be to not receive the lesson yeah. out of whatever circumstance you're in that you don't like. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I, um, yeah, it, it, it was rough for me because I grew up with both parents in the household, uh -huh. you know? Um, but she doesn't know any different, but for me, it just feels, it yeah. still feels crazy. Um, so, and also whenever you don't have your child every single day, yeah, you're compensating because it's like, I got to double instill these principles and morals and, you know, I, I have to do double the work when you're with me to make sure when you're not with me, yeah, appreciate. that it's sticking. Yeah. And then let alone they start going to school, get around all these other kids from other cultures and these other things. You know, it's, it's a lot of things now that's normalized. It's just like, when she come back home to me, I got to give her the... You got to polish it back up? <laughs> I'll be like, no, this is this, yeah. and but this is this. It's definitely a moment where you sit around and you polish it. And, you know, um, I find myself with my kids. I polish them a lot yeah. um, because I want them to shine in their own way. Right. Um, the world told, has taught us that we have to 
confide to what they want us to be instead of being ourselves, right? So a lot of times I'm telling them like, hey man, find your worth in what you find your worth in and let it be that. And once you find your worth in that, it's good. How many you got? I got two. Boy, girl, what? I got a boy and a girl. Oh, wow, I got wow. a four-year-old and a 14-year-old. And they they uh, they both retained, uh, they'll go 15 and five this year. And with them two, man, I tell everybody all the time, it's, it's amazing. I just was uh, kicking with my son uh, a couple weeks ago and I slid up my pops house, he was over there. And when I slid over there, man, I had kites. Mm. So as a kid, I grew up in Sunflower Apartments. Right. You know what I'm saying? My dad, you know, this is when, when uh, you know, over in Turner, they got Chrissy's uh, the Tenderloin spot over there, right? Right. It used to be down by, sun, by you know, since Sunflower, you know, apartments over there. It used to be off of K7. It used to be going, yeah, going yeah, there, yeah. right? And so uh, my dad always instilled, like, trying to show us different things, but he was like a car fixer up underneath it you know what i'm saying but he showed us how to fly kites mm -hmm. so i i was in walmart and i seen some kites bro i'm like man I'm a, i give my son a kite every year try to get him a kite and my daughter i'd take her out there too because i want them to see like man you can go as high as you want to go mm -hmm. you control but you're gonna put some work into it so you know it, initially mm -hmm. getting the kite off the ground some people want to run with it mm -hmm. some people walk it up and let it you know let the wind hit it it's just up to you yeah and how you you know so how you get it up there but getting it up there is really the easy part. Mm. Keeping it up there is everything. So when you think about like where you want to go, even when I think about this, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm all right at this. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to pat myself on the back. It took patience. Come on. Finesse. Come on. Catching the right breeze. I got to. And, yeah. it, got, and it, got to be, mm -hmm. it got to be funky enough yeah. for me that it makes sense every day. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because this is one of the things where I can say how you've, you put out albums, I put out albums in different seasons, different moments of my life, but I put this thing out, bro, and been consistent enough to say, I, this is one of my kids now. So mm -hmm. I have, actually have three kids, you dig what I'm saying? When you look at this, yeah. because this baby right here, she growing every day, you dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'd be so super proud of it or whatever when you look at it, man. So You should be, it's, it's fire. I appreciate You're it. You're raising a good kid. <laughs> hey, listen, man, and it's one of them things, bro, where I'm looking at it every day, and I'm trying to gather it and I'm trying to put it into perspective, bro. And all I want to do is make sure that when it's all said and done and my legacy with it, they'll be able to look at it and say, hey, we got some. You know what I'm saying? Dad, Dad did something good. So with that, when you think about relationships, bro, and I know you you went through uh, a very, um, you was open. You know what I'm saying? You was open. As a man, bro, I haven't seen too many men be open on social media about the right shit. You see a lot of the, oh, man, I'm balling, I'm doing this, I got this, I'm car, I'm house, yeah. I'm that. You were opening whatever you feel like and comfortable enough to share, bro, with that and being open. And then we had, I had you on the panel with the fellas for, you know what I'm saying, for, uh, for the hall pass. And to, to know that you were going through what you was going through then and you didn't have the, I didn't have enough to know, like, hey, bro, you all right? Yeah, yo, it's, and that's what that's who you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So and and to know then when I go back and watch it, I'm like, maybe he was holding out here, or maybe he was holding out there. Mm -hmm. But when you were going through your situation, bro, what made it okay for you to say, I'm gonna share this with the world? So um I guess for those who are who are watching or not aware of And we don't have to say names or nothing nah, like that. Nah, yeah, for sure. I had a uh it was actually a mental break. It was a break. I reached a breaking point uh, spiritually, mentally, physically. Like I had gone to the hospital 
with exhaustion. Like it was a lot of stuff that was coming back to back to back mm -hmm. end of 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where I, and I had near death experiences. A lot of stuff where it's just like, when you ask God to move and you pray for like, oh God, that prayer. You yeah. say that prayer where it's God, yeah. anything that's not for me, anyone that's not for me, please remove it. Come on. Ooh. We all have said it once or twice. And I didn't cry. Last time I said it, I cried. Yeah. Because I knew what was going to get removed. Yeah. Um, you also need to pray that you, you have the obedience to listen and, you know, follow what's being shown to you. So it was a lot of, a lot of changes uh, going on. And, um, you know, in that moment, uh, it was a mental break. And to me... My superpower has always been uh, honesty, transparency. Like people view me as this or that. Come on, yeah. They like me for this or that, whatever. But uh, I'm just being myself because yeah. nobody else can can do that like me. And that includes uh, navigating spaces that aren't so pretty and fly all the time. And I had just reached a point where I just, I heard God explaining to me that like, it's, you have to say this because it's not for you. Come it's on. not just for you. Yeah. Um, in something that I've uh, kind of come to understand through yeah. therapy and through uh, the process of everything that, that took place was uh, I was sexually abused as a child. Mm. And that's another one of those things that it's not cool. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that. Come on. Yeah. Um, and it was something that I didn't tell anybody. I didn't talk about. Just so, kind of harbored it. Kept it to yourself. Kept it to myself. And it felt like eventually thing after thing after thing traumas happen to you right you tuck them in you don't tell nobody you stay quiet because you don't want to cause discourse in the family you don't want to ruffle this relationship you don't want people to mm -hmm. view you this way or take a side whatever whatever and for me i think i just reached a breaking point where it's like my throat chakra was open yeah and and, and everything came out yeah um, when they say pressure bust pipes yeah you know what i mean and again i I just understood that if anybody needed to be transparent about it, yeah, it was me because I also the same fans that <clears throat> that listen to all my music and tell me, "Oh, you kept mm. me from killing myself," and "Oh my God, like this helped me through this and this and this and this." Like you get the inboxes all the time. Yeah, right? yeah. It felt like I'd be doing a disservice to. to try to edit yeah. when I'm going through something. Facts. Because I knew, I had this thing I call the batting average. 100% of the times that I've been sick in my life, I got better. 100% of the times that I've been broke in my life, I got some more money. 100% of the times I was heartbroken, I healed. Come on. And then I loved again. I like that. So my batting average is crazy. God's batting average is crazy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So. In that moment, it was so much, it was ugly. 
Um, but that's when I heard God saying, think about the batting average. Yeah. Now think about if these people, if you share what you're dealing with, you know it's going to help somebody. Somebody's going to feel heard and seen. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of it, I know you're going to give me the glory. Come on. Which that's, again, shout out to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to God, like straight up. Uh-huh. Um, and I really felt like that was my moment to, to, to uh, speak to people who could only receive it from me. Because there's somebody out there that can only talk to you where you only get the message from them. And this, I, I understood like, okay, it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. This is, this is, you know, I'm in a bad space with it. But at the same time, somebody else needs to hear it. I, I needed to be to somebody else what I wish that I had in that moment. Yeah. And that for me was somebody to just, just keep it above, you know what I'm saying? But also yeah. at the same time, it was bad because I mean, like I was just in a, a bad, dark space. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was hurt, heartbroken. I was also dealing with PTSD really bad. I had PTSD from uh, gun violence. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of rough stuff going on and, uh, I'm grateful for it though. You know? No, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Cause and I, it was that, yeah. it was, it was, it was <laughs> dog. It was ugly. <laughs> well, no, let, let, so let, let me bring it, let me bring it back ahead. Reason why I say I'm grateful. I didn't have, I didn't have the heart to have those conversations out loud when I was going through what I was going through. Cause I didn't want nobody to look at me as a failure. Mm. I didn't want nobody to look at me as less than I was out with all the answers. You don't want to be embarrassed. Listen, you don't want to be the, you said I had all the answers. I was out with all the answers. You're the one that's always okay. You're the one that's checking on everybody else. Come on dog. Whenever, whenever this happened, so many people were like, bruh. Yeah. Why you didn't? Why, why you, you ain't say nothing? I can't. Why you ain't tell me nothing? In why? some spaces, I'm not allowed to. In others, you know, in hindsight, I do realize like it was just, yeah. you know, I got to take accountability for like, bro, I did not. I had people who love me beyond Measures. more than I could ever imagine. Yeah, facts. But I never gave them the opportunity to be there for me. Right. To express that to me. Excuse me. And, you know, one night, again, I told you for a while, it was just. I was mourning for a long time. So PTSD, uh, for me, I can't speak to everybody, but for me, it presented itself after a shooting took place at the shop. And uh, dudes on the lot just bussing at some cars, you know what I'm saying? And I grab everybody, we run them to the back. And, uh, you know, after that, I just, I dipped to LA because I I need to to just clear my mind. I was like, what what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, it it was just, it also checked my purpose because it was at a time where I was so focused on being everything for everybody else. I wasn't putting my music out like I should have been. I mm-hmm. wasn't speaking on my experiences. And that's the other thing too. God will whoop your ass. If you yeah. try to play cool, yeah. if you try to make this pretty cute little Come on. Like I like this. Oh, you know, everything is just, you know, it's just the fashion, it's just the music. But I'm not talking about yeah. what the people need to hear yeah. me say. So why would God give me a platform? to reach people everywhere and I'm only giving them just this much Mm -hmm. whenever I could do so much more by being fully, you know, so in the midst of all that, you know, the PTSD was waking me up. Mm -hmm. I'm mourning people that I never cried at the funerals. It's crazy. Like my best friend was killed playing basketball. They shot him, killed him, uh, you know, 
R.I.P. Antonio Hall. Um, you know, uh, had a friend commit suicide. It just it was it's so many deaths. Right, right. That you know, I'm 17, 18, going to these funerals. I don't shed a tear. I don't cry. I'm numb because yeah, I had lost my baby sister when she was four or five years old. Never dealt she with. She passed. It. We didn't go to group therapy as a family. We just prayed every night. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with prayer. I believe in prayer. But again, I can speak to the kid, the black boy that grew up in church that had to be tough. Just pray everything away. There is no depression. You just just pray, just pray, just pray. Come on. That um, that might need therapy. That might you might chemically be depressed. And it's real. You need to hear me say that. You see what I'm saying? So you have not to everybody, but to the to the little black boy who's watching. Oh, you ain't even got to be a little black boy. You might be somebody from a similar background who just puts weight in what I say for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm doing it a disservice to have any platform to not help somebody in that way. Mm -hmm. So um, back to what I was saying, though. I, I was waking up 3, 4 o'clock morning. Mm -hmm. Just morning. I ain't never had sorrow before, bro. I was in, yeah. in sorrow. <laughs> yeah. And... uh God just lined up where somebody called me and was like, what's up, bro? At three in the morning, called me. I don't know what. You don't know what he doing up. He where he at. Hey, he called up? me. And what he said to me, he said, uh, he said, hey, man, I know you always try your best in everything you do. Yeah. I, just, I broke down crying right then. He told me it was good enough. He was like, sometimes you need that permission. <laughs> and that's why, again, I'm, I'm. I'm saying all this because yeah. I want to give that permission to whoever's listening. Yeah. Like when he told me, he said, you try your best in everything you do. Yeah. And he said, you need to forgive yourself. That's it. And when I broke, bro, I tell you, I broke down crying because it was an older, a older man who said this to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And again, you going through life with this masculine stoicism. That's cool up until the point it breaks. Yeah. And then you're not good to nobody. Nobody. So, um, you know, I don't care how I look to nobody. I don't, I don't really, it's not because that's where that fucking button come in. Come you on. see what I'm saying? I know what my responsibilities <laughs> are. My responsibilities are my daughter and my legacy, my family, and, mm -hmm. and walking in my purpose. And I don't feel like I was um, fulfilling that in the way that God had for me. I don't feel like, you know, the relationship I was pursuing at the time, I don't feel like God had that for me. Clearly, God didn't have that for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know... At the end of the day, you, you you have to be aligned with your purpose. Yeah. And understand that your experiences are bigger than you. Facts. So it was a spanking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I took my licks and uh and, and I'm getting right as much as I can. Uh -huh. And in the in the on the way up, I I have to keep, you know, just keeping it a buck and giving God the glory so that the people who did witness me at my lowest. Like yeah, look at me in six months. You know what I'm saying? And they and be get like, to celebrate with me and know that it's God. I'm it, telling you it. now, yeah. it's six months from now. Hey, it's, it's God. You know yes. what I mean? So, so I think that's why I went through a lot of that. So when you talk about legacy, uh, my question is, what does your dreams in your legacy look like? Uh, I want to be a catalyst for, um. Little black boys will be themselves, you know what I'm saying? Like uh -huh. to, to if you need to cry, cry. Yeah. If you if you dress weird, dress weird. If but you wait, like, hold on, hold on, whatever. Hold on. It's no such thing as dressing weird, bro. Not anymore. But it, even then, bro, I think I think we were put in a box, 
as that box. Boom. We're put in a box to make us think that what is this or what is that is not is not uh, it's not right. It's not accessible. It's not it's not it's not cool. It's not that. The world when, is much more open now, so that's yes. a blessing for the for the younger dudes now because it's not such a a stigma on what you like and how you dress. Because again, the internet is there, and we can all see yeah. that fun shit is for everybody. Yeah, and then you you know you got me. You shared something because you 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 a thrifter. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing, showing, like, the thing, like, you might see me have, like, jewelry and stuff on. Like, I paid, like, all these rings I got on, I might pay, like, $50 a ring. Yeah. It might be a $1,000 ring, but I paid 50 You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. What's important is really being able to invest that money in your passions, into some real estate, into some stocks, into some, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, but you got to make it look good. It got to. You got to put some swag on it. And then once people buy into the image of it and mm -hmm. the energy of it, Facts. then they people like, oh, he's really saving hella money and this is really so the the priorities change. I tell anybody, you can go you can get it off the mannequin. Ain't nothing yeah, to, ain't yeah. nothing to walk in there and get it off the mannequin. Easy. But to put it on, you gotta be able to wear it. You gotta be able to put it on. Yeah. And and I'm learning that now. Past tense I was I was a fool for that horse. When it came to that polo horse, I had to have it. Ralph. He he was he was he was everything, you know. You know how that much was, Ralph I find in thrift stores, dog? And that goes to show you yeah. number one, the wealth gap yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. Things that were on the rack for three thousand dollars and I'm getting it for thirty, forty dollars. It goes to show you how much value it doesn't actually have. It don't have no value. So I was I was yeah. so wide open on it, man. But then I started like looking at certain things, man, I'm wearing stuff that ain't even comfortable. You were wearing some designer and then they even the shoe ain't comfortable. You'll wear certain stuff and put on certain things, and you're looking around, you're like, bro, I'm really putting this on for y'all, but if you put it on for you, you Living feel so much better. Outside of your means. Come on. And being broke for yeah. other broke people is just, it's a sickness. Yeah. So you might as well be comfortable and feel like you got your super, I call it a superhero costume. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got an outfit in your closet that, like, you could probably wear every day and feel like you in your bag. I'm in my bag. Janelle Monet wore that tuxedo for, like... <laughs> but she, but even with that, though... That was her uniform. That, she said she got it from her parents. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, I think that that's how I approach fashion to yeah. me. Yeah. It's about... Like, my favorite outfit is actually my overalls. Like, my, my work coveralls. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You see me in them at the shop? Yeah. It's... That's my power outfit. That's you know where I get that, that's where I get my strength from. I'm getting my hands dirty. I'm getting some money. That's 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 what I like to wear. You know what I'm saying? The other stuff is dope too, but uh -huh. um, it's just about putting the priorities on the right thing, man. We get sold so much stupid, destructive stuff, mm -hmm. and we really don't have. You might have okay. Here's the thing. You might have people who tell you the right way, but they don't be fly enough to listen to sometimes. So yeah. like maybe that might be part of my mo is like yeah. I just want to make it look. Advertising yeah. to do the right thing. <laughs> what inspires you? In regards to what? Life, and not even music. We, we know we can do that too. You say music and life. What inspires you? Uh, what makes you wake up every day? What makes you push the button, the record button? What makes you say, "Hey, I'm gonna go to work and stay humble and and work with my dad and 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 you know be down there and shout out Uncle Nick." You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like what makes you what makes you do that? Like what inspires you? Er, what inspires you? Uh, just more so now these days, understanding that it's it's about my purpose. It's about as a man, I believe as a man, I'm put here yeah. in this life to be abundant. Come on, and to to give. I've, I've, I've you know 
that's something that I struggled with, especially over this past year, feeling like I gave too much or I was, mm -hmm. I was too loving and too. Mm -hmm. But as a man, you have to realize we give a seed to a woman that she takes and multiplies. Come on. We give. Word to word. Look at how you look at the anatomy of a man. We are made to give. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and when God is the plug, you're never going to run out of work. <laughs> I like that. So it's really every day waking up. How do I tap in with God so much that whatever it is that God has for me to give to the world. Yeah. It's coming through constantly and it's yeah. going out into the world and I'm just being abundant in how I live. Yeah. So, um, I feel like that's that's really the purpose for me is just to get up, mm -hmm. be abundant, be it in my conversation with somebody. Like, did mm -hmm. I leave them with something? Was I able to help somebody in a way? Um, especially now that I'm learning more about setting my boundaries, taking care of myself, putting myself first. Now I'm not getting drained and burnt out so much. Yeah. Um, but that's what inspires me is just the ability to get up and to be abundant, to walk in abundance and live in a, in a constant state of, of giving to the world like gotcha. what they call it dying a good death you know what i'm saying like when yeah. i die i want to feel like yo i did a good thing that's work yeah <laughs> people laughing at can you know his method might be different than your method but like he's being <laughs> he's being but, fruitful he's but he's doing what you're supposed to do that's what they say you ain't Go supposed to, to be fruitful and i don't really want to be you know like tmi it ain't supposed to lay on the covers it ain't supposed to be this you when you do that act it's in order to Re recreate now we can get into that because i was talking about part of the fast being mm -hmm. um abstaining from sex yeah and i mean you got to really think about what happens when we just have sex as humans we make a whole life yeah that energy ain't to be played with you see what i'm saying giving around any and everywhere and i yeah. will I'm not, and and not dare not cut you off but i will tell you as a man you look at that and you learn Bro, I'm really playing with my life. I'm playing. really, I'm really playing with the heirs to my throne. Playing. Like I'm playing Russian roulette with this thing. Playing. Cause, cause you, when you, when you analyze it, and you like, man, when we doing this, this is what this act was. It was never, it was never in, included to be pleasure from any and everybody, and giving it to any and everybody. But like I said again, it goes the world back we to live in, made it like it was it's normalized. Come on, it's normalized a lot of, again. If I had on, I feel like if I had on like a deacon's robe and we was having this conversation, if he wasn't smoking a cigar, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's the ability to be able to give this to the young brothers who might be watching it and help them avoid the situations that, that almost broke me. Yeah. That I've had to recover from mm -hmm. so they can go a little bit further than I went. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... We can get into the. I got this concept of God DNA. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like your kids look like you, right? Yeah. They you got your mannerisms. Come on. You know when when people feel away whenever you say the the K word Kanye, but like he had a record that said I am a God. Yeah. People felt away. Yeah. He's not saying he's higher than God. He's just saying I'm I God. am a I'm a God. Your last name is Garner. Do your kids have your last name? Yes. So you know. The Bible tells us we're made in God's image. Come on. We get up and we command our day and then we control what happens in our day. Yes. He gave us free will to do this. Yes. So it's kind of tapping into that DNA, but you have to tap in with God to do that. Yes. So um, it's just that's I think that's what fuels everything I'm working on now. And those fasts I found like, mm -hmm. you know, I used to fast like I'm fast a week. I'm a fast a month here. Yeah. 
But more recently, it feels like I'm understanding this is a way of life. I have to yeah. regularly set new goals, become increasingly more disciplined on each fast. And uh, it's just funny, man. Like, you would have talked to me like two years ago. It was like the music is the, the vehicle for the message. Mm -hmm. And now it's just been expanded mm -hmm. to understand that it's like, my dealing with somebody at the grocery store is the vehicle. My yeah. everything. It's all like it's a lot. It's a lot. It's everything. You know, yeah. it's everything you do. So it's uh, you know, just kind of getting acclimated into understanding that and and exercising that more. That's dope, man. I love you for that, yeah. big dog. I love you for sure. that. Um, two more. Um, what would you tell the young Irv if you could talk to him? What would I tell young Irv? How young? You can pick two. Pick two ages. What would you tell him? I would tell sophomore Irv, buy some Bitcoin right now. <laughs> yeah. All the money you have, buy some Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> um, and I would, I would. Uh, what would you tell young Irv on the road? Whoo. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell young Irv? What would you tell him on the road? <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. Huh. What would Whew. you tell him? I done burnt some mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> they had too many spirits in them. <laughs> uh, I try to think, what did I tell me on the road? What would you tell him? Because a lot of it built character. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, would you tell him to build character? Would you tell him? What would you tell him? Would you tell him what? You standing right there, you see him. And he out here, he mingling and doing his thing. He's standing next to Tech Cut and everybody else and Calico. He's chilling. Here's what I would, here's what, okay, so I stopped touring for a while because of, uh, as I became more in tune with like, you know, energy. Yeah. I stopped touring because it came overwhelming. Yeah. And I tell this to people and they like, it, they don't, I don't think they get it, but it's like every night I'm getting on stage and I would perform these records like Hate Your Family or, you know, it's like deep mm -hmm. content in these records. You know, it's party mm -hmm. all night. And I got, you know, my set was lit. Yeah. I always have a lit set on these tours. I have something for the girls, slow it down, sing, and then mm -hmm. I have some, some content. And during these songs, every eye in the room is just on you. You yeah. ever seen Buster Rounds perform? He yeah. said, put your hands up and you yeah. watch 10,000 hands go up, crowd control. Yeah. So there's an energetic exchange happening. And I wasn't protecting my energy. I also wasn't tapped in with God how I needed to be to where, mm -hmm. like I said, that's the constant source. There's constantly going to be a stream of energy when you're yeah. in alignment. Right. You got to be in line. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, I know the space I was in, I don't know if I would have been able to receive it. Gotcha. So I would just uh, probably present just therapy. I'll present therapy to myself to hopefully work out some like of the, the like complexes that. and traumas that I I was uh because I had it was people dying while I was on the road you see what I'm saying it's yeah. kind of like I was I didn't have time to deal with stuff I should have dealt with from childhood because yeah. I jumped right on tour and you're distracted because you partying every night on tour you're not dealing with this stuff then you come off the road five years later everybody else married you know what I'm saying I, yeah. I had no serious relationship like yeah. it's, it's it's different so I would I would encourage like going going within more gotcha yeah a sense of emergency. Something was to happen. Who's the first person you call? My dad. You and Pops together. My dad. You and Pops together. Something happened. Who's the next person? Um, in an emergency? Yeah. 
My boy Homework. Shout out to Homework Jones. That's my brother. I call Homework <laughs> if I couldn't get in touch with my pops. And the reason why I ask that, bro, I tell everybody all the time, is men, we should have at least five, if not everybody in our phone, we can call for anything. So how you just put out this track, you and Kev, and you should be able to call somebody and say, hey, I want to push this track. I want this, I want that. And, and off of your name, your reputation alone as a man, anybody in your phone should better help you. And if they can't, they're really, they're really holding storage for some people that's supposed to be in your life that's supposed to help you. So I always challenge everybody to make sure when you look through your contacts, it's a need for both parties. It's not you pouring too much into them and them pouring too much into you. And then have some numbers that's, that's saved in your brain and not saved in the phone. Like back in the day. Come on. You know what I'm saying? You, when you was at Skateland, you didn't, you didn't have a cell phone. 788 was the Skateland number. You had to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, that talked to Big V. You know what I'm saying? When he was out there doing his thing. Yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? But you had to be able to do certain things and remember those numbers. It was a dope thing to put it in your hand and, you know what I'm saying, walk home with it and have it or call your auntie. They say, hey, call so-and-so, so-and-so. You can go and get it. Even mm -hmm. if it was in the book or it was on the wall, my grandma, she stayed 1131 Wood. You go in, in her room, it was all on the walls. You dig what I'm saying? So I always yeah. challenge people to have more than one contact that they can call to talk about things that they deal with. Can I speak on that number, though, that uh, the people you can call? Mm -hmm. This, uh, how are we doing on time? You got a couple minutes. Go ahead. Do Okay. So this, 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 this point about people you can call. Um, Back to uh, the break I had, I actually checked myself in to a mental health facility. Yeah. So, again, um, it's a lot of times we see people crash out. Yeah. They hurt other people. They hurt themselves. And, again, it's not just if you feel suicidal. If you feel like you might hurt somebody else, check your ass in. Yeah. It's not worth throwing everything away. Like, whatever. However, we have to normalize these types of things. So, one of the things that they went over in this, and all this is new to me, because again, mm -hmm. I don't even tell people I had a bad day, mm -hmm. right? They, uh, they said, it's called a safety plan. And what a safety plan is, you need to have five contacts. This is crazy. <laughs> that you can call and say, hey, I'm not feeling good. Hey, I'm, you know, they, they literally, it's funny that they had to tell me, hey, you have to talk to people. You have to have a support system and you can't just, and that's, you would think that's fundamental, right? But it's yeah. not for everybody, especially when society doesn't teach you that. Especially as a black man, we cannot, we can, but we're taught that we cannot. We cannot, yeah. And that's what I subscribe to. It was wrong. But, um, you know, so it's important to have those five people. Um, I, just, I just say this because I know it's, it's going to speak to somebody. Like, yeah. I, don't care, I don't care if you're the strong friend. I don't care what you think. People always say it like, bro, we don't know stuff's blowing up with you until it hit the fan. Until, yeah. it's, until it's like, I could have helped you months ago yeah but you was trying to you was embarrassed you was trying to keep it private and that's another thing too i grew up believing it stays in the house family business it's family business it's family business right but i wasn't even really telling my family you know what yeah. i'm saying it's like but in, like in my relationship it was an issue because i wouldn't go outside to talk to a circle of brothers yeah men specifically men black men we have to have a round table it's called a mastermind. You're supposed to have a group of men yeah. to sit in the war room and be like, hey, That's in the book. this is what I'm going through. And I don't, I don't, uh, a lot of my, my best friends are older. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's more wisdom there. And they don't really have a motive for dealing with me or telling me things besides the same motive I'm discovering now, which is I just want to help somebody who's going yeah. through it. So uh, those people, like you said, those people, that group of people to be able to confide in, who hold you accountable, you know, you got to have that. That's, 
I'm glad you said that. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Do me a favor. Uh, look in the camera. Uh, give me your handles, where they can find you at. Uh, anything you got coming down the pipe you want to talk about? Yeah, um, it's Irv the Phenom on all social medias. That's at I-R-V-D-A-P-H-E-N-O-M. Um, right now, the single is Making Love featuring Kevin Church Johnson off my upcoming album, Big Lover. Um, I ain't really talk about the album too, too much, but Big Lover has a double meaning to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's R&B. It's, Marvin would be proud. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's about being a lover of yourself. And the way that we get to that point throughout the album is so cinematic. I can't wait to share it with the world. It's done, but we rolling it out slow, making sure that the records resonate like they need to. Um, tomorrow, actually. Um, Put a date on it. It's gonna come. It's gonna give you a little, little time. What's What's today's date? Today is the twenty seventh. The twenty seventh. So the twenty eighth. Yeah. Uh, Big Ja, the homie out there on the West Coast. He uh, does skits and in, in series and movies and all that stuff. You can see him on uh, the Upshaws with Mike Epps. Um, he has a new series coming out called Cuddle Season. I'm on the soundtrack for that. Um, so that's dropping February 28th. Mm -hmm. uh, more soundtrack work, mm -hmm. more content, skits, acting, fashion, food, travel, music. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. All right. No <laughs> doubt. So like yeah. I tell everybody, never goodbye. I always see you later. Uh, may God be your direction and we be your seatbelt in this thing called life. Till we see each other again, man. Y'all be cool. Be safe, man. Love. Well. <laughs>